0: Welcome to Good Looking Out, Episode sixty nine, a podcast about what to eat, watch, read, and listen to. I'm Eric. I'm Jason Santos, my brother, my brother, my brother. What's new? I
1: just got back from um, from Kura, Kura, Kura. I don't know how to say it. It's a. um, Do you Do you remember the, um, the sushi boat? Um, restaurant in Japantown on Fillmore?
0: Uh, yeah. Or on Post, actually. About.
1: It's on Post Street. Yeah. Um, well, we have a much shittier version of that here in Los Angeles. It's actually a chain. It's, a, it's through Texas and hmm. every other place. So um, for anyone that lives in San Francisco, you may know of this spot. It's in, it's in that Canoconia um, Mall and yep. it's super cool. It's got a bar, um, a U-shaped bar that you sit at with a moat. Sushi chefs in the middle. Boats being dragged you know, dragged through dirty water, dirty fish water. <laughs> and they, they, um, they, you know, they make the little tiny plates and they put the sushi on the boat. Comes by, you see what you like, you grab it, and the plates are different colored. And you stack them up, waitress comes around, bing bang, boom, you got a gold, three black, a yellow, and a red. You owe me X. Um, this chain is a sushi belt. Um, so there's no water. It's on a belt. You can order the thing that's kind of cool about it is that it has two layers. It's kind of like the L in Chicago. You've mm-hmm. got you've got the rotating kind of belt that goes around through the whole restaurant and then above that is a precision driven belt that you can order things specifically from the menu from an iPad and they mm. shoot it out directly to your table.
0: Okay, that's pretty um, cool.
1: It's really fun. Um the sushi is second rate at 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 best, at fucking best second rate. But what's really fun is bringing uh five-year-old there because he just fucking yanks everything off of <laughs> – it, Like, it's just – Right. It looks like – It's like Christmas. Oh, dude. It's like, it, you know, oh, give me this thing. And, like, and yank it off the off the belt and the fucking shrimp goes flying everywhere and it dumps all over the thing because they have, like, a little uh, lid that's on it and there's a okay. kind of a, uh, you know, as you'd expect at so, the Japanese place. So people place. are
0: sneezing at it, yeah.
1: Exactly, yeah. But there's a <laughs> – precise method to lifting the plate out of the thing. And, um, and if you don't get it right, you butt fuck the whole thing. Cause it, you, it's the, the, you jam up the the whole fucking line There's there's fish everywhere. Yep. It's a shit show. And, and to be fair, like grown, like everybody fucks it up at one point or another, but you know, you get him in there and, He's on the fucking iPad ordering whatever. Shit's just showing up at the table. <laughs> you're like, you know, and he's just fine. It's, it's really fun. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, just got back from that. So I got.
0: That's cool. We man. actually have a sushi restaurant here now just called Sushi Boat. That's a sushi boat restaurant. Yeah, what the fuck? Where is it? Uh, it's down in the North Loop. So where all the new, it's either Northeast or North Loop is where all the new stuff is going in, so. Okay. And, all right. Uh, yeah, I thought it was, uh, I've only ordered like Bite Squad or DoorDash type stuff from there, and the sushi that came was really good, so. Really? Um, yeah, Christian, our, our mutual friend swears by that place. They go there all the time. So oh. like a regular Friday night haunt for them, go get some cocktails and some sushi at the sushi boat.
1: He knows how to do it, man. He knows how to live, both he and his, and his lovely bride.
0: Yeah. So I don't know um, if this place existed while you were here, but Nicole and I had a date night the, the other night, and we went out to High Hai, H-A-I, H-A-I, Hai Hai. It's done by the um, the same people that, um, oh, God, now I'm going to blank on the, what's the uh, uh, place with the corn, uh, the super popular Oh, Ola Arepa. Ola Arepa. It's, yeah, thank you. It's the, the same owner so owners as Ola Arepa. Okay. So it's like all the Asian lady chefs are sort of taking over in this town. So it's like mostly um, it's Vietnamese, but there's some other sort of maybe some Thai influence in there as well. It's really, really good. It's the only thing. I don't think it's as good as Night Market in L.A., but it's the only thing here that even closely approximates Anything like night market?
1: Oh, that's cool that they're giving that type of thing a go, right? The pock pock scene.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like that whole like, I mean, there are dishes on there that I've never seen at any Asian restaurant in Minneapolis, and there's preparations and the way the stuff is done. That's like, you're. It's not like going to a standard sort of Asian for white people restaurant. Oh, right on. Much more authentic, a very different take on that kind of cuisine. And it's absolutely packed at all times. It's really hard to get in there. It's pretty loud. Huh, that's cool. Um, but it's good. Yeah.
1: Ola, Ola Arepa's um legit spot. Yeah. It's good. I lo- I love that place. But it's good. What's the matter? I can just I can tell you you don't like it. What's your <laughs> fucking problem with it?
0: I like it. Um especially because it's gluten free. You know, naturally yeah, 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 gluten free. Um you know, it's like it's a very specific thing. Like you have to be in a very specific mood to get the thing. It's not like tacos where it's like I can go get tacos anytime. It's like the arepa is like kind of greasy, kind of heavy, so it's like it's not the kind of thing that you're eating like on a even weekly basis. That hmm. that's that's my hesitation.
1: Speak for yourself. I I used to get that once a week.
0: Really? Okay. Yeah,
1: once a week I got that. That was uh on the way home from the office. I mean, it's delicious. Boom, don't get, don't it. get me wrong. Yeah, Very delicious. Yucca fries. That place is yeah. good. I like that place a lot. Cocktails are, are solid.
0: Yeah. I mean, the food scene here is really good right now. Fuck you know? yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been good there for a while, for sure. Um, yeah. I, I think it just keeps getting better, though, which is shocking because, like, who would have thought, you know, thought it would yeah. peak and go down the other side, but it's like, Still going very strong. I'll tell
1: you, man, the, the you know what the food scene, like, I mean, it's hard to make any generalization about this city because it's so fuck. it's not even a city, it's just a fucking big chunk of land with insane people living in it. But, like, you can't just be, like, there's not a glut of, you would think that I would have, like, my choice of, five great delivery tie options or Vietnamese right. and that is oh, not yeah. the case. Huh. Not the case. Um because there are so many people. You don't have to be good to be successful here. Like there's right. so many fucking people that are trying to eat. All you gotta do is just have a door and some fucking scallions and you're set. You you, you boom you've got a fucking Vietnamese mm-hmm. restaurant.
0: See, I I thought it was kind of one of those things where there's so many options that that it's so expensive that people aren't going to settle. Like in New York City, it seems like there's at least a certain sort of quality governor because any place that's too shitty is going to go out of business pretty fast because it's so goddamn expensive.
1: Right? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, to be honest, like I'm also like a pretty specific demographic. You know, I I order in more than I go out because I, I, you know, I get this cheese eater in the other room over here. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, um,
0: re, real little kids put a serious damper on going out often for dinner. There's no. Oh, about. yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Yep. Um But, I mean, there's obviously there are places you can go that are fucking knockout best in the country, you know, right. um, for sure. Really good. Oh, as a matter of fact, I got – um. I got uh, Teddy's Red delivered a couple days ago. Oh, nice. Dude, it was better better delivered than it was when we were there. Really? Which seems crazy, but it was fucking killer. So good. Oh, my God.
0: That's awesome. That was some
1: magic (laughs) shit. Yeah, it was really fucking good.
0: Hey, have you found – speaking of tacos, have you found a place out there that has, like, a proper trompo where they're doing the shaved – Al Pastor with the pineapple? Yeah. Like a a legit place? Because I'm coming out next week, and I want you to take me.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I got a spot. Um, He's, um, it's, you know, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, you know what it's like here. This is Mexico, basically. You know what I mean? There's,
0: Oh, for sure it is.
1: um, You know, so... So that dude is in just a fucking gnarly part of town.
0: Yeah, that's okay. In a,
1: it, no, I know you don't care. Um, yeah. but um, I mean,
0: <laughs> we're talking about Nicole gives me shit all the time because um, the Elvis lady, like her stand, you know. So when uh, when we go to Sayulita, Jason recommended this place that has um, this um, Agua Chile uh, dish <sighs> and some other stuff. And these people are like, dipping their hand into the thing that they're like ladling out like yep. raw seafood. To yep. It's and the most unsan- most unsanitary shit you will ever see in your life.
1: That's the cleanest part of the whole operation. Can you imagine what they <laughs> what you're not seeing?
0: Right. Right? Exactly. So I mean anyways for for those people that don't know what we're talking about is uh the the trompo is what they call the um The spit of like sort of Mediterranean style spit of um, Al Pastor pork that's rotating, cooking with an open charcoal sort of fire behind it. And um, this whole thing, you marinate the pork, you put it on. Some people put layers of onions and other stuff in between, but it makes this big spit of meat grills and they shave it off. If they're good, they're rubbing your fresh tortilla on, yep, yep. getting some of the pork juices off, sh- shaving yep. this like amazing shaved al pastor onto it. There's a grilled pineapple on top that's cooked as well, and they flick little pieces of pineapple onto your taco, give you some do onions it. and cilantro, and you go to town. Do and it, it, do is, it. Once you've had this style... Um, evidently it's like a Mexico city style is like where it originally originated. Um, but once you've had this style of Al Pastor taco, I think there's no going back.
1: No, no, that's the only way you can do it. I, I, I will say that I, um, no, and that came from the Middle East, as you said, like that's a shawarma, right. it's, it's a, a shawarma influence yep. thing. Um, and, um, here's here's how i like and unless I'm, if i'm at a place that has that what i like is i like it off off the spit and then thrown on the griddle i like i like a little crisp on there mm. put a little put a little crisp on there on the street yeah. i mean who's i'm not saying dick i'm so, just fucking give me what you got
0: evidently i found out in minneapolis it is illegal you can't have a trompo because it is illegal to have an open flame Near uh, a brown some person, s- yeah. <laughs> some some city ordinance. Evidently, in St. Paul, that is not the case. So there is a place here, evidently, that actually does it. And I went and had El Pastor Tacos. It's like a small. It's not a chain, but you know they have like three locations. It's called Tacos Libre, and when you walk in, you're like, it has a feel of like a little too fancy to be good, or a little too like yeah yeah they're shit together a little too much for it to be like legit. But it's actually. Really, really legit. They have the full, massive salsa bar in the middle with all the pickled veg and all the stuff. And it's actually oh, right really on. good. That's, that's yeah. big.
1: Fuck that town. I mean, you couldn't start, if you started a fire in the middle of the fucking park, it would burn for about 20 yards and then go out. We are in the middle of a fucking tinderbox and there are Mexicans knocking each other over with fucking charcoal. <laughs> like, You can't fucking get enough of them on the fucking street here. So, give me a fucking break already. I know. I mean, for fuck's sake. Yeah,
0: it's fucking stupid. It's probably one of those
1: things that, like, you can't spit on the sidewalk type of shit or whatever the fuck. Who knows? Exactly.
0: Hey, uh, can I play you a song? Oh, yeah. I got a song. uh, You know, I don't, it's not very often that I come with the new music recommends, but I've got something that I really like here. Oh, killer. uh, Speaking of the Erickson Clan, this is. Uh, Dominic Winterbauer, uh, Christian and Janie, our friends, Christian and Janie's son, is actually plays bass in this band and sings. uh, It's a band called Milo, M I L O E. Um, They're new, but they're sort of taking the world by storm pretty quickly here. They're already starting to play like pretty big venues and pretty big shows and um, playing out of town. So they have a sort of their hit song is a song called Motorola that's really good so I'm gonna um I'm gonna play that here for everyone around oh, wow. no soldier don't know which
1: don't know it's that to take lately I've been talking to myself this friendship is something you can't
0: Really good, yeah. Very hooky, gets uh, yeah, it gets really, and all their songs are you know, that's like for sure the standout hit so far. Like, yeah, that's a single for sure, 52,000 plays on Spotify or whatever.
1: Oh, right Um,
0: on, all their other songs are really good too. And they're really, really good, live, awesome live band. So it's uh, it's awesome, obviously, for me, not just because Christian's my business partner, but when I first met Christian, I think Dom was like. 3 years old.
1: Oh my god, yeah. So,
0: I've like literally seen this kid grow up and he their whole family is super talented, you know, musicians obviously and uh it's awesome to see him sort of like go in his own and be have all these interesting music projects on him. Oh, own.
1: that's super cool, man. And he's yeah, I mean his mom um has um has impeccable taste in music. Um she and I have Always, you know, or simpatico. Um, so he's got he's steeped in it. That's awesome. It's super hooky, and yeah, man, that's killer. That's awesome to hear. I'm glad to hear that that uh, that he's doing something that cool. He's getting not not surprised.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's great. How about you? What are you uh, What are you listening to these days? I've been listening to um, a lot of. Um, I, I got on a.
1: I got oh God, I went down this just crazy fucking laurel canyon um like trip and started listening to um kind of just following one thread to the other and um listening to a bunch of like deep cuts of of um Harry nielsen and and Jody Mitchell and Jocko. Um, hmm. Not that Jocko was there. I mean, he was just in there with Joni Mitchell, but like a bunch of you know David Crosby stuff, and and just seeing how like reading how James Taylor was fitting in it all that, and reading the stories about it because it's right around the corner, you know. Um, right at the end of the day, like that shit is. I could. It doesn't really like float my boat. It's not. I I I, I would be perfectly fine if all Laurel Canyon rock disappeared off the face of the earth. But in terms of just like learning about rock and roll history, like it's has its place, you know, and the best thing obviously to ever come out of it was Neil Young, um, you know, getting the boost he needed with Crosby, stills Nash and then he was off doing his thing. That's obviously the greatest product of that. Uh, Joni Mitchell, of course, as well. Um, but yeah, but listen to that. And, um, i um what else um man i i watched this fucking movie um last night that um has got me i started digging in through into that soundtrack and I've been listening to it all fucking day it doesn't have an, a proper soundtrack um but I just dug up all the songs um It's a film from 2018 or 17, excuse me. I'm sorry, I got, I'm drinking, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get my sauce up here. I'm a little, uh, trying to get the energy up, so I'm drinking some fucking absinthe. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm getting after it. (laughs) So this might be as lucid as I'll be for the rest of the the show. Because I just drank, I'm about to pour another glass in a minute. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to do it, man. Fuck it. You can't fucking stop me. Laurel Canyon I'm fucking absinthe over here. Um, Jesus. Yeah, huh? This is some fucking L.A. shit. So, um, this movie is, um, is called Arabia, Arabia. Um, it's, it's Brazilian. Um, the title has nothing to do with the film at all, but it's on Mubi, um, which I know I'm constantly harping on fucking Mubi, but. Uh, the reviews, um, people are, many people, not just like Peter Travers, but a bunch of people are saying like, this is, this is, you know, as we near the end of the decade here, it'll be unlikely that this is unseated as the best film of the decade. It's wow. fucking unbelievable. This thing is heart-wrenching all the right ways. It hits on so many different levels. Um it, it just it's a it's a perfect fucking movie um so i've been listening to a bunch of um like classic brazilian music um mm. that was kind of woven into there and and you know how it is when you get into this shit you look at it and you're like oh god that song's amazing what the, what is that who the fuck is that and you you know you you Shazam it or whatever the fuck you do or just you know look at imdb and i look it up and you're like oh it's a fucking like this woman ha- has been recording records for 45 fucking years, and she's the queen of of like Brazilian folk music, and you just feel like the biggest idiot in the world because you live in America. Right. And it, yeah, if yeah. it's not in America, then I guess, you know, how important can it be? Right. And then you look at this legacy, and you're like, oh, my fuck. Like, this is the
0: deepest shit
1: ever, you know?
0: Right. Yeah, it's sort of like the moment when the Buena Vista Social Club came out, and that's all. Yep, it's it's that sudden, same All of a sudden, everyone thing. was like super interested in those musicians, but they've all been languishing in sort of obscurity in Cuba for like the last thirty years. So.
1: Yep, yep, it's the same type of thing. So that's been big. The other, you know what? Since you played a song, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna play one too here because it's yeah. so fucking it's so goddamn. Good. So this came through close friend Nate Tynan up in San Francisco is a garage and punk rock connoisseur with a, a extreme bent towards towards Australian music. And this band, it's born out of a bunch of bands on Goner Records, and it's fucking killer. It's got like amazing guitar hooks and cool. All the right shit. I'll find it here and play it in a minute. In the meantime, if you don't mind, I got to fucking rant on something. So um, my wife works at... Here it is. This is Eddie Current Suppression Ring. It's a track called Wrapped Up. It's fucking so good. It's... Christ, it's 10 years old. It sounds like it's brand fucking new. And... I just, I can't fucking get enough of it. Um, Here it is. man so that thing i can't fucking get enough of that song man yeah it's cool it love love that shit it's like catchy guitar hooks a la like pink flag or yeah and then all like the the just the right amount of being off to be like legitimate punk rock and garage it's
0: it has a very timeless sound like you you could have told me it was from 69 or the early 70s and I would have believed you. Yeah, or you could right. could have said yeah. It was recorded last week, you know.
1: I know. I love that. Love that. Love that. Um so anyway, as the absinthe kicks in, let me, tell, let, me let me go on a, a quick rant about this f- fucking it, it, something that is it makes no sense to me. So Beth works at a company that sells high-end beauty products, and we get a discount there. And I needed a bunch of shit. I needed fucking deodorant, shaving cream, toothpaste, whatever the shit. You know, I needed face cream, whatever, right? Um, So she's like, all right, well, let's go. Let's let's order it all. So I'm digging through the site, ordering the fucking stuff. I'm like, all right, I'll I'll try this, this, try that one, try that one. And then she tacked on, like, a bunch of other stuff on top of it. She's like, we'll try these. I want to know what this one's like. I want to know what that one's like. So box of stuff comes, and I start unpacking it and trying it out over the last few days. And out of 10 products that I got, eight of them are fucking terrible. And, like, and there's nothing you can do. Like, and I didn't pay full retail, but right. these like this stuff is expensive and you are now like the proud owner of this jar of of whatever the fuck that you're never going to fucking use again. Yeah. There's a thing and I don't know if the if I don't know if the beauty industry relies on um I mean I'm sure obviously every company
0: wants to have a repeat customer but right. Trial oh. and novelty is like a big part of the business.
1: Is there, yeah, like what the? F-
0: I don't you know. You
1: should be able to fucking yeah. try the shit
0: out. Right. So I will say, um, I I try to service a men's skincare thing because every once in a while I'm like, yeah, I should maybe take a little better care of myself. I tried this um, direct to consumer thing called Geology. Have you heard of this? No. Uh, ends in an IE, Geology, G I E. Yeah. Um, it, so you take this like, uh assessment or whatever skincare sort of personnel personal quiz and they come up with a custom solution for you and they send you like a trial sample of it um and you know you're like i want to address this part of my skin or this or this or this or whatever so i try this stuff and it not only did it like and when you when you say like it doesn't work or you hate it or whatever i don't know what you mean but this shit actually like I had, like, red, like, my nose had, like, red fucking burn marks and the skin was peeling and shit. Yeah. Like, horrible shit. so oh God. I think some of this stuff is, like, in order to address your, like, quote-unquote, like, wrinkles or whatever it's like. And I wrote, and the founder of the company wrote me back. I was like, I'm canceling. How do I cancel this thing? Like, first, like, their site was so unintuitive, I couldn't figure out how to cancel, so I wrote a message and the founder responded, but by the time he responded, I'd figured out how to cancel the whole thing. So yeah. I was like, I just got these trial, like sizes. I was like, I don't want to be paying like, whatever seventy dollars every two months to get the real versions of this shit because, like, fuck this. Yeah, stuff. it's totally not working. So I think there's a whole new. So, what you're talking about is obviously like a brick and mortar, like they obviously do online, but they also have a physical store. Well, y- well like a lot of these yeah. new, like, direct to consumer brands are like, I don't know, man. I think they're just, they're relying on marketing and they're just, like, kind of like, a, I think a lot repackaging the same old tricks that you're getting from these other more traditional brands, but they've got a sleek one page website and a. Yeah fun name with a loopy well designed logo that makes you think like oh these people have the answer.
1: I yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right. Now I, I do want to make a distinction and not trying to save fucking anybody's ass here. Uh, just in purely trying to be fair um because I don't I you know, I don't work for the company and like I have no you know I I have no loyalty, you know, loyalty to fucking anybody, but um but I, I will say that this company, is they're a wholesaler. And what, they're, what they're, they exist for is for people that are in the game already and know what they need. And this is a one-stop shop for, right. for high-end stuff. So you can go there, you can get great deals, you, you can subscribe, you can do all kinds of stuff, and, and you can get recommendations that if this works for you, then this will likely work for you. so So yeah. to be fair, I'm the wrong user. Like right. I shouldn't be yeah, going in there so cool. shopping it's for on power a, users and you're it's fucking, for power users. Just, I'm just, you're I'm an amateur fucking, hour. Yeah. I should be at fucking Vons. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I shouldn't be there. You know what I mean? Right. And I thought I, I thought I'd get involved and fucking try something. But you know, I think there's like, there's shit out there that is very specific for, you know, for different needs or whatever. Um. So I guess all in all, I guess the, the takeaway is, go, um, go, actually go to a place and try something out before you buy it, because shit's fucking expensive, and right. you know you don't want to get stuck with some fucking horseshit right. thing that you know.
0: I think we we already all have a medicine cabinet of stuff we're not necessarily crazy. Deal, my so. alley.
1: I've got. I can't even
0: fucking keep up.
1: Yeah. Um. All right. I feel like we're wandering a bit. I want to go in for a minute. This was something I was thinking about today, um, and give some reviews on some movies that are in theaters right now. Real Let's quick. Hot takes. Um, I, I, you know, I think I'll just do a tomato meter on all of them, because there's not a lot to talk about. Angry Birds: Two. <laughs> two out of 100. Angry Birds, no, Angry Birds 2, the movie. Oh, Angry
0: Um, Birds 2, the second of these pieces of shit.
1: The second of these pieces of shit. Went into this thing, so this was, you know, these are the dog days of summer. Um, Not now, this is over the past couple weeks, and I'm like, I got to fucking ride out the clock here because this ball breaker is like, he knows he's under my skin and now he's just fucking riding me. Like, he got got a taste and now he's just fucking working me. (laughs) So, I'm like, all right, to the fucking theater. Here we go. Whatever the fuck yeah. is playing, if it's if we're gonna go see fucking it, then you're gonna have night. <laughs> Whatever the fuck it is, we're going. Right. Saving it, Private Ryan, Chapter Two.
0: Yeah, it's either It Chapter Two or Angry Birds Two. One, of it's the- one whichever yeah. starts
1: now. We're going. Um, and it happened to be Angry Birds Two. I went in there with my Kindle, ready to. Um, enjoying my book while he watches the movie and fucking throws popcorn everywhere or does whatever the fuck he does. Angry Birds 2, I'm going to tell you, it's like fucking 60%. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Pretty fucking good. Toy Story 4. Went in with my Kindle, ready to just, you know, continue writing out the clock.
0: Okay, I gotta give you shit for this one though. Why are you going into Toy Story with your Kindle? The what what which one of those Toy Story movies of the first three made you think that you need to bring a Kindle? Fair, to that fair
1: enough, fair enough. I just wasn't in the fucking mood to watch a kid's I've been all I'm doing is living in a fucking kid's world. You know? I, I'm just for a minute wanted to read something that was, you know, that was not yeah. fucking PG. And I just, you know, but of course, two minutes into it, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. Fucking unbelievable. Toy Story 4 is so fucking right. good.
0: So okay, fucking good. So, so what's the rating on this? Oh, Toy Story 4 is a fucking 90. Wow. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's good to hear. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm. Uh, best of the franchise. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear it's holding up. Yeah. It's the best of any of them. Wow. Yep. Bold bold statement.
1: I know it is. I know what I'm saying. I've seen them all. Fucking unbelievable. Um, And then, holy shit, now I'm not even going to remember the other one. Oh, oh, um, Spider-Man, the... uh, Far From Home. Far From Home. Spider-Man, Far From Home, um, walked out. That was a walkout. You took Jack to see that? Like I said, man. (laughs) Like, there's, uh, like, you know... There's only so many, like, th- days at the beach. And plus, like, you know, when you're in the city, like, I, it's, I, I'm, th- I'm sick of dodging traffic. Every yeah. fucking asshole I- right. in my neighborhood is trying to kill my child. If I sit in a theater, nobody can at least drive a car at him for fucking two hours. Right. So, um, oh, mama, that was, both he and I were like, we're fucking out of here. Let's wow. get the fuck out! And we we walked before the end of of the first act. So
0: so so let me ask you this: Has he seen Into the Spider Verse?
1: Oh, dude, ten times yeah. at least. Right? Yeah, so yeah, It's the best superhero movie ever made. Right. And he so the first time that we saw it, we saw it in the theater. Um, we saw it in a really nice theater. It was loud as fuck. And he was like white knuckled the whole time. And right. I was like, and I mean, there's no, there's no, um, content or, or there's no, like, there's no, um, there's nothing happening in that. That's out of range for him. Right. But the intensity of it,
0: right. The visual stimulation is Holy over the top. Shit. Yeah. That fucking movie, man. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Come on with
1: that. Thing. It's amazing oh sure. my god it's unbelievable that's on that's on steady play here all the time right so you you know so you get a love for spider-man and he's you know and he sees yeah, that there's another he spider-man to
0: be that good yeah
1: yeah then you go see that piece of shit um so that's just a quick um couple quick takes on what's out now i will tell you that I'd probably, i probably i don't know if other, yeah, not even you. Um, I don't know anyone other than myself that is equally excited, it, it, neck and neck, so excited for Downton Abbey and um, for Downton Abbey and for, uh, sorry about that, um, no and for fucking Rambo Five.
0: Right. Rambo. Oh. <laughs> Rambo, I to do Downton Abbey. I will take a hard pass on. What the fuck? Is in, what? Are you serious? Oh my God. That show jumped the fucking shark after season two. I know, but it's the movie's going to make up for it all. Oh, what? No. Uh uh-uh. uh. The no king and again. queen are coming. The king and queen oh, are I coming. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Oh, dude. Take that fucking bourgeois, pretentious. Shitty soap opera wrapped up in like nothing happening in fucking British manor society showing up your ass.
1: Come on, man. (laughs) That shit is fucking
0: so good. Fuck that show. I would rather watch Terrace House any day of the week. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Fucking downtown Abbey. It's the best. Oh, Cousin Matthew can fucking die again for all I care.
1: It
0: <laughs> still wouldn't make me watch it.
1: <laughs> oh, I can't wait. And they, they are advertising the fuck out of that thing. Oh, it's of course so they are. schmaltzy. Because they
0: need to. They yeah, need oh, yeah. To. Oh, for sure. Otherwise, like, no one's going to fucking watch it.
1: Dude, can you imagine? I can't wait for like the scene in there because it's going to be like, it's just going to be a bunch of people that look like me. You know, that are just basically androgen, just like all like 52-year-old lesbians. Like, you know what I mean? Like, which is, but you know, that's, that's all of our look. We're just going to come in there yep. with a box of tissues and fucking, you know. Sob
0: your eyes out. Sob yep. your
1: eyes. Except I'll be trying to check out yeah. Lady Mary's ass, you know. Or at least I got, I got, you know, I'm in there for a little bit no of ass. No one on
0: that show has really done anything since that show. Besides cousin Matthew, who carked it, uh, spoiler alert, and then went on to be on Legion and some other yeah stuff.
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, why would you ride that fucking bitch right out? You got it's fucking like, it's like the friends of England, Lady Mary, Lady Mary, <laughs> <laughs> it's totally the friends of <laughs> Lady Mary did that. Um, she did that cool western for Netflix. Um, that was oh, really yeah. good. Godless, Godless, yeah, good, good, good memory. That, I liked that a lot. Um, so
0: Rambo, I can ramble. Yeah. 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 We're in the age of like, it's all those 80s remakes. We've got the new fucking, uh, what should we call it? Maverick and Iceman 2. Oh my um, God. Top what Gun the? 2.
1: Fuck me. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Can you even fucking believe that shit?
0: I mean, all, there's going to be a whole shitload of people our age that go see that thing just out of morbid curiosity, you know? Oh,
1: God. They yeah.
0: can't have Val Kilmer in it, though. Have you seen images of Val Kilmer lately? I mean. He's, he's, he's not he's, doing so hot.
1: No, it goes, like, from the top of his head to the shoulders. Like, his, he's just like a lump. Right. He's <laughs> just like a potato.
0: Yeah. Um, he's Something's going on with that dude. Yeah. Yeah, fucking Tito's. Vodka. That's what's going on with that dude. Yeah. Oh, you think that's what it is? I, I thought don't know. It maybe it was prescription drugs. But well, yeah, sure. You, know, you get that big blow. Of course, blow that's fucking. So they, it's, it's Hollywood,
1: man. You got to fucking. That's that sh- that's the price of that's table stakes is fucking pills. Jesus.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, I have. I gotta tell everyone on this podcast. This is my like. You can not pay any attention to any other words that I said said up until now or after this, but this is the thing you need to fucking pay attention to. Oh, this Jesus. is my, like, if I was picking, like, pro football or college football, this is, like, my triple lock oh. pick of okay. the month. You know, like. All right. Um, and I've already sort of, I already previewed this because I've been, I've been literally telling everyone, that I know who I think might be remotely interested, and even people who I know don't care anything about crime at all, I've been telling about this. Mm. Because it's so good. I've been stopping people on the way to lunch on the street, just random strangers and telling them to read this book. Oh, my God. Um, so, Savage Appetites by Rachel Monroe. Oh, yeah. This, yeah, the one you this sent book me. Is, this book is fresh out. It is an examination of um, specifically why women are so into true crime, but through the lens of like, she's been herself obsessed with true crime since she was, um, is this you getting your fucking absinthe? Yeah. Okay. Um, So Rachel herself, the writer has been obsessed with true crime and detective fiction and noir and things like that since she was about seven. And so it's really interesting because it's like a, it's a very personal subject matter for her. But she tells the story through the um, four women who become obsessed with true crime and lean into it in this way that, like, (laughs) is unbelievably extraordinary. So the first, for example, is this woman who creates dollhouse crime scenes that recreate to the utmost detail murder scenes so that cops can be trained in forensic science. She started doing this in 1946 before forensic science even existed or people were talking about it. This is, real, created, this is
1: real. This is a real thing. This is
0: real. Okay. These are in the Smithsonian. And the people Uh-oh. still use them today to train police on forensics. There's a group of detectives that meet every year and talk through them every single year. Uh, and it sounds so she vaguely created,
1: familiar, that thing.
0: She created, I mean, we're talking like she would have a newspaper shrunk down um, and <laughs> she would pr- like print it, have it printed out from microfilm, shrink it down, print it out, and hand stitch it so she could put the newspaper that was found in I know, the scene. I know
1: about this woman. Yeah. Yes. Now that you're saying this, I know about this.
0: But, it, but I'm not in the detail, yeah. I'm
1: sure that she goes into.
0: Right. And so, and she talks about this whole woman's life and what led up to it and the impact. Of all of this stuff. And then the second one, which is even more fascinating. This is really, really interesting, really well done, really well reported. The second one is um, Sharon Tate's mother. Oh, wow. And which is obviously very topical because of the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that just came out. And I have to say, after hearing the, the true story of Sharon Tate's mother and what happened because of Sharon Tate's murder, it makes me look back at that Tarantino film and just think it's even more facile and juvenile because the that murder basically changed the face of modern the modern justice system. Because what happened was Sharon Tate's mother be- started the victim's rights movement. And we went from a rehabilitation mindset to a punitive mindset. So... And all of the laws that were passed in the 80s under Reagan, all of that stuff was very, very, very influenced by this victim's right movement. Really? So that murder of Sharon Tate basically changed the fate of millions of Americans. Holy shit. Yeah. And the whole story of that, all of the weird characters and people surrounding that, it's unbelievably fascinating. I don't want to give too much away because everyone should go read this thing. So then the third one, like I said, there's, it's sort of four major parts, four vignettes that are telling the story of these women and them getting immersed in crime in one way or another. Um, the third one is about um, the uh, Paradise Lost uh-huh. Murders and the woman who ended ends up getting married to Damian Eccles and helps him sort of fight and get retrial and all that kind of stuff. Right
1: on. So that's, that's great. Um, that's a story that yeah. hasn't really been told.
0: Yeah, yeah. And in between each of these stories, she's also giving a, giving updates on what's happening in culture and different things like um, in the '80s when, for, like for example, in between the what those dollhouses were called the nutshell. So in between this woman who made the nutshells and the Sharon Tate thing, she's talking about how forensic science advanced and forensic science in the eighties and all these people that were just a fucking sham and getting all these wrongful um, convictions and all this kind of stuff. So she, she almost talks about the overreach. Like it goes from this woman trying to do this thing out of the, and push a movement forward. And then she also talks about the overreach of it and where it's sort of gone off the rails. And we've come to a point where... With blood splatter
1: analysis type of thing. Yeah,
0: we didn't use science at all. Then we're we're trusting science too much and we're trusting all these people that are quacks. Like, for example, there was a dentist in Florida who became a coroner, and he would claim that he could, using UV light, could um, find uh, dental, like, teeth marks on a body... Months after a homicide, and connect it to a single individual, like no oh, basis in science oh, whatsoever, oh. just pure science fiction. And Snake this guy, bottle. this guy ended up putting like fifty people in jail. Oh, and then all of those things, you know, ten years later, wrongful convictions, lawsuits, all sorts of stuff. So it's this. What is so brilliant about this is she always connects it personally to like things or. You know, things that she was interested in or what was going on in her life. And she's updating you on what's happening in the culture of true crime and all these different things. And then goes really, really in depth on these four stories. It is an unbelievably brilliant book. The further I get into it, the more I'm like, this thing is truly, truly amazing. Really?
1: Oh, it is like
0: totally original. I've never come across anything like it. And it is like, a tour de force in like for anyone who's into crime or true crime or just like how society is impacted by these like sort of um, micro mo- movements or these like sort of um, small things that have these massive effect. Um, it's it's an unbelievable book. Savage Appetites, Rachel Monroe. The audiobook's good. Grab it in paperback or on your Kindle. It's available everywhere. It's been out for a couple of weeks now. You will not be sorry.
1: Oh, right on, man! I'm gl- I'm glad that you talked about that because I had um, usually when you give um, a personal recommendation, it's you're you're very good at it and you've got it tuned into somebody's specific tastes. So when you recommended that book for Beth, I was like, all right, well, this thing's probably throwaway. <laughs> um so <laughs> so yeah. you, you know it's probably like pulp not i mean not pulp right. but it's probably like not for me um yep. but now you got you got me um absolutely that sounds like a like a riveting fucking read yeah
0: absolutely it is unreal and uh also Rachel's super nice i've been interacting with her on twitter a bit she's like very accessible you know I ho- I hope for her sake that this thing blows up and becomes the biggest thing since sliced bread because she oh. deserves every every accolade and every book sale and every bit of attention because it's truly brilliant.
1: Oh fucking right on, man! Yeah, for sure. I'll be I'll I'll start that tonight. I'll start that tonight. Yeah. Um, right after I watch. Um, Succession.
0: Yes. Oh Succession's been really good this season. Woo! I am so man Brian Cox is bringing the Dude, heat. <laughs> Come on.
1: Come yeah. on. I got I stopped um I've seen I, I got half of the last episode to go. Um and oh my god, so fucking oh, yeah. good.
0: So good. All, all of that stuff. I mean Across the board, the performances are amazing, but the family dynamics continue to just get weirder and weirder. I kind of love how you can sort of see a thing developing. Where, of course, like it's about the whole family, but they kind of focus on one in on one character, and that character's dynamic with the Brian Cox like father character. Last year, it was obviously um, the elder son who was supposed to yep. take over. This year, it feels very much like Siobhan, Siobhan. is the focus. Um, maybe next season we'll get like a weird Roman season. Although I don't think I wonder, I can't imagine how things get any weirder with that character. (laughs) Yeah.
1: He's a foil kind of, I don't know how he's ever taken seriously. Um, but yeah, it's fucking, it's so fucking good, man. Holy shit. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, it, it got picked up for a third season. Um,
0: right. I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't imagine. I mean, HBO's got to be pushed all in on it at this point. One thing that I want to ask you about that I think is kind of curious is um they started the first season off and there was a major thread about um the Brian Cox character and his sort of mental decline. Yeah, swift mental decline. Do you get the impression that they've just abandoned that altogether at this point? I
1: think it was a I think it was a mechanic. I think it was just a um yeah. a plot, so, a plot yeah. tool.
0: Here's what I think happened. I think that they started off thinking this is gonna be a show about this all-powerful father who is in mental decline and the power vacuum that's left and the his kids fighting over the scraps or whatever. And as they got into it, they were like, holy shit. Brian Cox, this whole thing is so amazing It has much more legs than we thought. We need to sort of pull, pull back on the yoke and pull the plane back up from that. I don't, I don't know if you remember. So Sons of Anarchy, the very first season, it started off as being, it was basically a modern retelling of Macbeth. Right. And I, and I think they realized there's so much more potential here between this Jax and the, um, I don't remember the character's name that's played by. Um, the dad or the mom? Uh, the dad. Or the stepdad or whatever. Yeah. Or the stepdad. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Stepdad yeah. slash uncle figure. Ron Perlman. The Ron Perlman character. There's so much more potential here and so many more legs. We're just going to abandon that whole thing and explore yeah. much more complicated dyna- dynamic issues. I feel like there was a little bit of that going on on Succession where they were like, holy shit, this thing is a runaway hit. Like we need to. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Much There's much more longevity to it. Like you can only go so far with the Brian Cox character if he's in like steep mental decline, pissing on people's carpets and shit like that.
1: Yeah, they burned that pretty quick. Um, and it's tough because when you watch the extras with the showrunner dude, I I don't know if he's the head writer or who he is. He he's. <laughs> I don't know. He rubs me the wrong way. Like every time I watch that shit, I'm like, oh, God, you're just fucking smarmy. I don't
0: watch any of that shit. I I mean,
1: yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Um, It's become like an HBO marketing tool um, because the, you know, the after Game of Thrones, those two love to just fucking stroke themselves any chance they can. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it was just like everybody watched it trying to get some insight into what was going on and all they do is just regurgitate some fucking obvious like plot structure yeah. um and dude is kind of doing the same you, you'd watch it to try and get some insight into like how they're i mean i don't there's no real source material like they're writing this thing um right. but um i i do know that it's a it, it it's a um uh very much a group effort like they've got a, a a lot of writers on that isn't is isn't that correct
0: um i've never i'll be honest i've never dug into anything deeper than just watching the show
1: that's my understanding is uh-huh. that they've got a bunch of writers working on it and um and wh- whatever the fuck they're doing is great i mean it's, yeah, it's so it's really, really fucking good. good. It's so yeah. good. I mean and so enjoyable and and it's you know obviously very Shakespearean. Um it so um you know universal appeal. I don't know, it's fucking great. I can't wait to watch
0: so, it. So speaking of Shakespearean, uh, have you been watching the um, Righteous Gemstones? Oh no, no, no. <laughs> Which I can't believe I haven't started that yet. Um because yeah. cause Danny uh, McBride totally, is my boy. I, I mean, I'm totally joking about the Shakespearean thing, because it could not be like you can put succession on one side of the map, and sure. on the polar opposite side of the map is gonna be the righteous gemstones. Yeah, but I think, and this might be an unpopular opinion, but I don't give a fuck. Uh I think it is the best thing Danny McBride has ever done. Wow. I think wow. it's better than Eastbound and Down. I think it's way better than Vice Principals. And I think here's here's why. First of all, it's just really fucking funny. It's really dark, really funny. But I think it was a brilliant move by him. And maybe, granted, he couldn't have done it earlier in his career. But getting people like John Goodman and other people to sort of help carry And make it more of an ensemble, like he did that a little bit with Vice Principals. Otherwise, like in Eastbound and Down, he was more relying on like character actors that you've never seen before. Right. And granted, some of those people were really good. Oh yeah. However, um, pulling in people that are like legit, also really amazing actors like John Goodman, and it's actually the (laughs) sister in the family, not the guy from Workaholics, and not John. They're they're good as well. Adam. Levine, I think, or Adam Devine, whatever his name is. Adam yep, Devine. Yep, yep, I guess Devine. It was. Adam Levine is the guy from the fucking Hootie and the Blowfish or whatever that <laughs> stupid thing Same is thing. Yeah. Yeah. Maroon um, Blowfish. Yeah. Uh Adam Devine. Um and it's the sister who's actually an actor that you don't know who steals the show.
1: Oh, awesome. On that show.
0: But it is Laugh Out Loud, Darkly Funny, weird like slapstick sort of like shit going on too, but really? just like crazy humor, but not in the same way that like Eastbound and Down was sort of like the the same kind of crazy humor over and over again. This right. has much more range to it, to the like jokes that like seem to come out of nowhere. Um, But the whole, I, I think it's really really funny.
1: Oh man, I, yeah, I'm glad you reminded me of that because I love him so much. Eastbound and Down is my Favorite fucking thing. I love it. I quote that as much as I quote the Big Lebowski. I love that fucking show. And, nice. Yeah, I mean, I've told you the story that our our Christmas card that Beth another Christmas card that got fucking killed by her was <laughs> was me my face photoshopped onto Kenny Powers on the jet ski with her topless behind me on the thing. I had I had it all mocked up ready to go um, but yeah didn't fly and i'm trying to get that to go again you remember the jet that that
0: yeah you, oh, you know yeah. what i'm talking about 100%
1: so that'll be you you'll see that christmas card coming from me cuz i'm now doing as i told you i'm doing my own christmas card every year this nice. fa- this family can fucking <laughs> uh, with their with their fucking tight ass ideals they can fucking do whatever they want i'm making my right own right on I love Danny McBride and fucking John Goodman. You know, it's funny uh, seeing him um, in a few interviews uh, after the the anniversary of the Big Lebowski. He is so fucking serious all of a sudden. Like, Mm. he's very, very fucking serious and, like, not suffering any... Like, he's not laughing about shit. He was on... um, after Roseanne got shit-canned from the right. show, the first person that would even talk to her was Joe Rogan, and he had Roseanne on the show with John Goodman. And Roseanne's of loose cannon, you know, and she's bringing up all kinds of right. funny stories and, you know, shit that you would imagine John Goodman would be slapping a knee next to her about. And he was just kind of like, I don't know, very reserved and... I don't, huh. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he got sober. Maybe that's his fucking problem. Who knows? Because I'm choking I, on fucking absinthe over here. <laughs> like this shit's so fucking strong. I can't believe it. it's so fucking strong. Yeah. I'm gonna cut an ear off.
0: Yeah. No shit. All right. Um, I think we're probably good on time here. So unless you have something else you want to plug, really quick. Um.
1: No. Nope, I don't. I'm good. I'm good. Um, I got, I'm trying to think if we've covered the bases. I mean, cooking, I haven't really been doing shit. Um, I got, um, um, yeah, no, I, I haven't really been cooking much of anything. A lot of takeout lately. Um, so no, I'm good.
0: All right, cool. Well, thanks everyone. For tuning in, uh, thanks as always to Kaya Fisher for the audio engineering assistance and Santos. I'm coming in hot. I will see you next week in LA. Oh, dude, that's gonna, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna get up to some shenanigans out there. Certainly yep. go find some tacos, and uh, we'll talk all about it on the next episode. Yeah, let's get weird. All right, awesome. All thanks right, everyone.
1: See ya.